Look, I got a testimony. I got to tell him what God did. I'm calling God the homie. He took me out of the mosh pit. I will contest the phonies. Separate demons and God's kids. I got to spread his word, so I'm going to show you who the God is. The word is my weapon. I move like a general. Good morning, everybody. Good day. Good afternoon. Whatever time of day you're listening to this podcast, I just want to say thank you for listening. Greetings to you and to everyone you love and everyone that you care about. This is Walk With Me, and this is your host, JJ. And I thank you for listening. I love you all, and I'm really glad that you clicked on that button. Uh, I see that a lot of people are sharing the podcast, which I really appreciate it. It's free. Go ahead and do that. Uh, real quick, I handled our business here. Really want to thank God for our sponsors, Exquisite Creations. Her tumblers are flying off the shelves and special order tumblers. And she's also preparing for some uh, big events coming up. And her website should be up and running soon. Uh, also, if you like the bump music and the outro music, well, they call it intro and outro music. Uh, check out our sponsor, True Bars, and he's also doing some really nice um, different types of music now, and I'm going to see if I can get him to get us some more intro and outro music or maybe some music to go underneath the podcast. Um, you guys could be listening to any other podcast. There are thousands of podcasts that even, uh, you know, that I, I get. Um, I don't listen to a lot of them because there's just so many, but just the mere fact that you clicked on this podcast, it means a lot to me. And I'm really, really, really thankful for that. Uh, just jumping right into what we're going to talk about today. Now, if you listen to our last episode, we were talking about past is past and that's really good. It's really good in the context that we talked about. That you can go from being a dope addict, a dope dealer, whatever low state that you can be at, um, whatever state you could be in, whatever whatever quote-unquote lowly sin you could be doing, and you can become a child of God, and you can ascend to the highest levels of spirituality, before going to heaven. And it was a, uh, it's a great thing to think about. It's a wonderful thing to think about. But if you also listened to the podcast last week, you knew that I sort of alluded to a other outcome of past is past. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Yes, it does work both ways. Past is past works both ways um now we're going to start reading some scriptures here and if you're new to the podcast please understand there is a rule uh verse above verse below whole chapter and what that basically means is that i'm going to give you scriptures when i have a lot of scriptures to cover um but i'm going to give you some scriptures and anytime i give you a scripture or anytime we go over a scripture um you read a verse be- above it you read the verse below it or two um, or preferably the whole chapter, because context is important. It is very easy 
to take the Bible or someone else's words or even a thought out of context and meet can make it mean something completely different. So what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that we're keeping everything in context to make sure we know exactly what God is saying to us. Right. So we're going to start off in Matthew. Because the subject of this podcast is going to be, of this episode is actually going to be a little, um, I don't want to say depressing. That's not the right word. Um, more concerning. And we should all be um, um, sort of on alert of that, wary of this. Okay. Matthew uh, chapter 12. Verse 43. And it reads like this. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he seeketh to, he walketh through dry places, finding rest, or seeking rest and finding none. And then he says, I'll return unto the house from whence I came out. And when he has come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Then goes he and taketh with him seven other spirits, more wicked than himself. And they enter in and dwell there. And the last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be unto this wicked generation. But here's what I want to draw your attention to. The last state of that man is more is worse than the first. So yes, in that kind of in that context, we're going to talk about a couple people who had reached the very pinnacle of what God had intended for them and then ended up in a worse state of which they started. And the first person we're going to talk about is Saul. Now, Saul was just a regular guy. And he, you know, he was taking care of his father's animals and he was just a regular guy until God anointed him king. And that took him from being just a regular guy to the most exalted man in Israel. And, and a lot of times, even more exalted than Samuel, the person who anointed him. So, first thing we're going to do is we're going to go to where Saul anointed him. And that's going to be Samuel chapter 10. Verse 1, then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it on his head and kissed him and said, it is not because the Lord has anointed him to be captain. Uh, is it not because the Lord has anointed him to be captain over the inheritance? When thou art depart from me today, you shall find two men by Rachel's sepulcher in the border of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they shall say unto thee, the donkeys that I went to seek are found. All right. So he he was just looking out for his family's don uh, donkeys. That's all he was doing. And all of a sudden, boom, he was anointed king. He had no idea this was coming. Saul did. This wasn't like Solomon. Or Solomon prayed for wisdom. But we know what happened. After, after a little while, Saul got full of himself, 
He thought that because he was king, he couldn't be brought down. He thought that he was actually ruling things when it should have been God ruling things. And we got to a point where because Saul was doing his own thing and going rogue, that God actually said, I'm sorry, I made Saul king. And now we have a situation where God actually took the kingdom from Saul. And you would think that having having been announced that the kingdom being taken away from Saul, that he would actually humble himself and repent of it. It didn't. He didn't. Why? Because the the anointing that drove out the evil narcissistic spirits that was out that was in Saul came back with seven wars. To the point where Saul got jealous of David and decided he wanted to kill David because David was going to be the new king. And and you don't want to get into um where you're jealous and, and you you don't want to get into a place where you're trying to figure out when God left you. Because it's, it's going to be clearly um, stated when God left you. Verse 10. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he has turned his back from following me and not perform my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and Samuel cried all night. And when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, it was told Samuel, saying, Saul came to Carmel, and behold, set him up a place, and was gone down to Gilgal. So, and basically now, Saul had no idea that his disobedience, oh, well, which disobedience? It was several disobediences that Saul did. But the, the one that's most noted, that really notes the uh, the turning point in Saul's relationship with God, was when God told Samuel to tell Saul to kill everything the Amalekites had. Kill their people, kill their animals, kill, burn everything, wipe it out completely. And we're going to talk about what that what that means. The Amalekites is a type and shadow, but and that's another uh, subject for another day. But Samuel had, I mean, Saul had one job: kill everything. And the first thing that Saul did is he didn't wait for Samuel to come before he started the battle. By the time Samuel, I mean, by the time Samuel got there, the battle was already over. And so Saul went out there and met Samuel and was like, hey, I did what the Lord said to do. You ever heard any church people say something like that? The Lord told me to do this. And somewhere deep in your spirit, you got sort of a check because you knew the Lord didn't tell him to do that. The Lord told him to do, wait for Samuel, kill everything of the Amalekites, and then worship God. That's what Saul was supposed to do. Instead, Saul did not wait for Samuel. He spared some of the people 
and he even spared a lot of the belongings and the uh, animals of the Amalekites, which is why the first thing Samuel said was, if you're supposed to destroy all of their animals and everything, why am I hearing cattle and stuff? And the first thing Saul did, instead of saying, oh man, I, I, you know, I messed up, forgive me. He tried to justify his sin. He says, well, uh, Samuel, listen, I, I, I spared the best for the Lord. Have you ever heard that before? Where somebody does something and then try to blame God on the fact that they did it. And, and that's a very bad situation to get into. But this is where um, Saul got in trouble. So what actually happened to Saul at that time was that Saul began this long downward spiral away from God. And if you read on in, in Samuel, you'll even see where that where there was a time where Saul hadn't heard from God for in so long, and this was after Samuel had died, that Saul had actually gone to a witch in order to resurrect Samuel. Now, I need you to stop and think about this for a second, because one of the laws of Israel was you didn't let a witch live. Not only did you did Saul allow a witch to live, he knew where the witch was, and he went and he employed the witch to bring up, resurrect Samuel, so that Samuel could talk to Saul. And then that's just, and that among other things is just a long, slow digression. Not, not progression, regression, digression. You just begin to collapse. Your, your spirituality begins to collapse in upon itself until you find yourself trying any means necessary to quote unquote hear from God. And even Samuel was upset that he was resurrected. Say, why did you why did you raise me? You didn't listen to me when you was when I was alive. You didn't listen to God when I was alive. Now you're trying to raise me back from the dead to hear from God. Gone about yourself. You're you're done. God has ended your reign. God has taken the kingdom from you. You're you're done. You're completely finished. And this is not the only time where someone who is brought up to a, a high set of a high level or a pinnacle of existence. But Saul ended up dead in the middle of a field with his head chopped off, stripped of his armor and displayed openly. We should not under, We should not get it in our hearts or in our minds that the things we do privately are going to get punished privately. They're not. God's not going to deal with this privately because God's going to reward us openly and and punish us privately. That's not even. That doesn't even make sense. But somehow we get that in our heads. 
Nebuchadnezzar was the same thing. Nebuchadnezzar was the, the king of Babylon, and he just went out and conquered sit, uh, countries and cities at will. And until he got really high and mighty and thought he was a god. And the next thing you know, his his fall was immediate. His fall was immediate to where, next thing you know, he's out eating grass like an ox. And he stayed that way for seven years. Until he realized that he was just a regular old man. That was that was given a kingdom. And yes, he was given a kingdom and he was not an Israelite. And so, you know, and, and, and that's important for everyone to understand that even though you see people who are successful, even though you see people who seem like they're not serving God or not living for God and that they're successful, as for you to understand, even if they don't, that God gave them that. And just as easily as God gave them that, God can take that away. Because you end up haughty, jealous, and and it's a long, slow spiral downward. And the next thing you know, you're not living for God anymore. And somewhere along the line, you really stopped living for God anyway. But you thought you were. And and you see it a lot. I've seen it a lot where people stop coming to church and, and you start seeing them out at the club. And it starts off innocently. Um, I'm going to go out. I, I can't go to church today. I got to go over here and do this thing. Now, if you're working, that's different. I mean, that's your that's your job. That's if that's your job, and and you're working. I'm I'm not trying to knock that. But if if you're saying, hey, I can't go to I can't go to church tonight because I have a barbecue to attend. If if you're, I can't, uh, I can't do this thing that God told me to do, because I have to go and do something else. Or anytime you start rebelling against God, or God tells you to do something, you don't do it. That's just actually rebellion. And the Bible really says it, that obedience is better than sacrifice. You know, you could come in church and, and worship and shout your hair down and sweaty up your clothes and run the aisles and get up and preach a nice sermon and go out and disobey God. All the things you did in church just got negated by that one disobedience. And the problem with the disobedience is a lot like a lie. Because one disobedience also always leads to a second. And to a third. And to a fourth. Maybe not that day, but that choice is coming. And Saul had a lot of opportunities to get right with God, get right with God and get right with Samuel. He did not. And we just watched his his career, his life, and even his mind. It got so bad that with Saul, if you keep reading in, in Samuel, it got so bad that 
the only time Saul ever found peace was when they put gospel music on. And when they put on Toby Mac. I like Toby Mac. You know, or whenever they played any church music at all, it's the only time he had some sort of peace in his mind. And and even then, it was only temporary. It got worse and worse. And to where he started trying to kill David when he was playing gospel music. I said all that to say this, and the Bible says it's not JJ saying this. Just as well as you can come from depths of sin and reach a spiritual pinnacle, you can always go from a spiritual pinnacle into the depths of despair because your past doesn't matter. The past doesn't matter. If the past didn't matter to God, when you were a sinner, the, your past is not going to matter to God when you're a saint. What matters to God is what you do right now. The decisions you make and the obediences that you give to Him. That's what matters. And that's what keeps you on that path. That's what keeps you from straying from that path and ending up lost. The same way that um, you can be on the road. Let's say, for example, you, you go from here to Chicago and you put GPS on. As long as you follow that GPS, you'll get to Chicago and it's going to be the most efficient way to get to Chicago. But you decide, well, I don't want to sit in this traffic and you jump off on an exit. All of a sudden, it's recalculating. It's recalculating. It's trying to get you back on that path. Trying to get you on that most efficient way and then you start taking a left turn where it says a right turn recalculating and after a while I don't know about anyone else but after a while the GPS just kind of gives up on me and bro you don't listen you don't listen and so it it just stops giving you directions and then you look down Hey, there's no little blue line that you're supposed to be following. It's not even on the map anymore. You got to zoom out to find the blue line. Oh, yeah, it's just done that to me. Like I said, I don't know if it does it to you, but it's done that to me. So I'm saying all that to say, follow the directions that God gives you. I have to follow the directions that God gives me. There's a couple of people that I listen to that says Bible stands for basic instructions before leaving earth. It's it's one of the greatest things I've ever heard in my life. Because it really is. That's why context is so important when you're reading the scripture. So please understand, I'm not, I'm still trying to get on that path. I'm trying to walk that path. I'm trying to stay on that path. But this is a constant thing. This is an everyday thing. And it's not a struggle. It's not a struggle to live for God. But it's not automatic. You have to make choices. You have to make choices. You have to seek God to make the right choices. All of these things work together. All of these things work hand in hand to keep you in God's mercy and in God's grace and living for God. In the family. And you will notice a progression in your spirituality 
as long as you stay on that path. The one thing that I always wonder, and this is out of the book of JJ, so you won't find a scriptural reference for this. I wonder if at some point Saul knew. I wonder if at some point Saul can go could go back to the time he made that first mistake. And he knew he had made a mistake. And he thought about being able to repent then. I mean, it, it doesn't, the Bible doesn't say that. The only time it talks about, so, you know, their repenting going on was when the Lord said, I repented Saul being king. But I just wonder what would have happened if Saul had said that. You know what, God, I, uh, three years ago when I was supposed to kill those Amalekites, I messed up. Forgive me for that. And I wonder if that would have changed the trajectory of Saul. I wonder if the the transition of power from Saul to David would have been more peaceful. I just I wonder how that would have changed the entire the entire trajectory of the Bible. See you you and I we think that our decisions don't mean anything. Our choices don't really mean much in the grand scheme of things. This is utterly not true. It's not true. We have, we're giving a, a divine reason for being here, and our decisions that we make today affects our tomorrow. But it's not just our tomorrow that we affect. It's the people that love us, the people that we love. And in some cases, like in Saul, the course of an entire country was altered by the thoughts of a stable boy. Oh, man, I'm out of time. Ah, I really thank you all for listening. Hope you got something out of that. By all means, I really enjoy reading the, the, the stories and the historical accounts in, in the book of Samuel and Kings. Uh, so, and I just condensed all of that because I had to get all this into one episode. But we will be um, going into things a little bit more in depth. I feel like uh, we can take our time and and explore a lot of things more in depth and we're going to start doing that a little bit more uh i do want to thank you guys for listening to the podcast i hope you enjoyed it I hope you got something out of it don't forget to like it and share it so other other people can partake of it and again y'all have a wonderful day love you all god bless Yeah. True. Uh. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason. I got to spread the words of a genius. Words of a genius. Everybody needs to know who the leader. Who the leader. See, I do it for Jesus. Jesus. Everything I've been doing, give me a reason. Give me a reason.